Welcome to another episode of the Original Slacker Music Mash Ton. This week, I'm interviewing Mike LaBella and Tim Poole of LaBella and Poole. It's their second time on a podcast. Actually, their second time in the underground where they have a show coming up on November 17th. It's an album release for their new album, Skip Back. Skip Back is it's a just a really good album all around. It's a concept album, if you believe that. It actually has an idea, and they play to fulfill the idea from start to finish. You're going to hear more about it in the upcoming interview. So without further, let's jump into it with Mike LaBella and Tim Poole on the Original Slacker Podcast, presented by Round Guys. What's going on, guys? How you guys been? Good. We've been really, really great. Um, we've just been playing a lot, yeah. gigging, practicing, um, planning for this album to come out. I noticed this album seemed to have a concept of spiritualism, which is you guys, and hope. Mm. You're saying that, not us? That's pretty qu- That's yeah. pretty good. That means we did it well. <laughs> we did a good job. When you guys go about making music, what's going on there? What, what brought you guys to make these songs in particular? And it seemed to have a flow, too, a progression. Is that correct? Yeah, I think that there's there's definitely a story there. And I think at least when those songs were written, I didn't have the intention of having them all together that way. Um so we didn't write we didn't write the album with the intention of having all the songs like that telling that story, but I think just over time um the way that they came together, the way that we we would play them, mm-hmm. we would jam on them, the way that um they fell together I think it does tell a story of hope, um, and and I think it tells a story of uh, of definitely departure. You know, we, when when a lot of those songs were written, we were um, on our own, both of us, for the first time in our lives. We were we met each other at the University of Scranton at school, so that was kind of like a new adventure for us, and um, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of uh, a lot of growth happened in those short four years, yeah. and and. Um, I think we faced a lot of uh, a lot of cynical opinions, a lot of cynical ideas, <laughs> a lot of cynical people, and uh, and I I got the feeling in school, and I still I think have this feeling that um, we kind of have like a thing going on with like a lot of people in our generation, with, like cynicism chic, like it's it's almost in style to mm-hmm. to not care, and I think what we wanted to communicate with this this record with these songs is um, bring hope back into the conversation. So I guess it, <clears throat> it'd be helpful to tell the story of how the album came about. Yeah, definitely. Really. So Mike and I were in a band for about five, five years, four years. Yeah. Um, and it disbanded last January. Um, and from that, Mike had decided to make an album of. So these are songs that Mike wrote, um, and kind of brought to me and was like, "Do you want to be a part of it?" And I was like, "Absolutely." Um, so Labella and Pool. This name came about after starting to record and deciding like we wanted to be a uh, you know associated with each other instead of you know featuring some of the guitar playing and my guitar playing and some of the singing yeah so. i i kind of had a plan to just put something out on my own because i was getting to the point where i knew that being in being in the band that, that i had been in wasn't really the right the right spot for me but um not doing any music would have just would have killed me i just would have would have shriveled up into a a husk. <laughs> so, so I knew I wanted to put some songs out. Um, Tim and I got back in touch 
and started jamming again. And I just knew playing songs that I've written for people and, and putting that out there has always been meaningful to me. But the level of joy that you get from sharing that with another person, um, it's, it's not really, you can't really compare it to anything else. So I, I knew that I didn't want to do it alone as soon as we started playing together again. And, and, and Tim, Tim just has like, he's really kind of the music brain behind a lot of it. Like with the, like most of the arrangement on that album is him, is his, his idea and his work, you know, all the bass parts, all the electric guitar parts, the second acoustic guitar part. And that it, it, it really is, you know, I wrote the songs, but they are, you know, they're, they are ours now. Like they wouldn't be what they are without what we have going on as a duo. I think that's really important. Yeah, the album has some phenomenal guitar work. That's something that stood out to me. You can thank Tim for that. Yeah, yeah, the whole way through, the the album, the guitar work, it added a a thicker, more refined element to it. Mm. That I I think a lot of, especially when it's your first album, right? Like together, I know you guys been playing for a little while, but together, it sounded much more mature. Like Mm. you guys, it sounded like you guys have been uh, molded together a little closer through the music. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that started with the band, right? Well, that's yeah. So we have had at least like four projects, so four albums or, or EPs that have never been really released. So we've spent hours, like hours upon hours, in a studio trying to get things out. And for whatever reason, either you know we got into fights in the studio with the people we were recording with, or um, disagreements, or they just came back sounding terrible. Mm-hmm. It's just not what something that we wanted to put out. Um, you know, they just never, they never made their way out. Uh, we had one EP that we put out with the band, and, and that it was, was it. And, it, and, it, and it's something that like, I, I've been thinking, and that this is the most proud I've ever been of anything that I've ever been a part of musically. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very proud to hand this out. Before, we had that, that we did an EP with the band, and I was kind of hesitant to hand it out. I was like, if you want to, you can listen to it. I don't, I don't, you know. And there's a couple, there were a couple moments on that that I was proud of. And really special moments, There yeah. were special moments on that, but um, this one as a whole, I'm very yeah, I was very very happy with, and we've been playing together since uh, freshman year of college. So yeah, good, we've, uh, yeah, we definitely put the just definitely put the reps in, gigged a yeah, lot. Yeah. Um, so I this think. isn't you know our first whack at music, <laughs> to say the least. Right. We've been at this for a while. So. Yeah, it, this when I was listening to it, it sounded like a rainy day cooking up. Like you know, when you <laughs> <laughs> that's an awesome. Way <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. To- and a number of the song titles are from locations now. Yeah. How do these places play into, I guess, your lives for the album? I don't know if you guys are aware of a band like Cloud Cult, where they have a phenomenal concept. They they get an artist up there, and an artist will paint to the music, or they actually scored a video for like the first half of the show. Oh, wow. And something That's like awesome. this, it tells a story, right? Yeah. Now, obviously, they're they're a bigger piece band. I think they're a six piece band, so so it's more orchestral yeah. when you're watching it. But at the same time, this tells a story and. Each song leads into the next one. And I noticed the locations like uh, Brigantine, mm-hmm. you have Evansburg, you have um, Skipback and mm-hmm. Luriard. How do these play into this album? Yeah, so lyrically, it's really about, um, like I, I wrote these songs maybe over the past five years. Like they're soft, Softly is the oldest song in the album, and that is a good five years old at this point. I wrote that freshman year of, of, of college. Um, I think the way that I, I crafted the story was kind of my personal development from leaving Skipback, right? That's like the first track on the album um, uh, and, and going and kind of like being out on my own for the first time in my life um, and, and, and all of the development that that kind of 
uh, the, the catalyzed. And, um, you know, so there's, you know, it starts off on that high note, like go setting off on a new adventure. And then there's a little bit of like a descent into like softly and Laurelard, like softly is kind of like the first, the first major heartbreak of my life. Mm. Like that's the, that song is that story. I'd like to tell the story about first hearing that song. Yeah, so we it. had, uh, <laughs> Mike and I were in a, a band, a bar band. Our freshman year, and we spent our spring semester Wednesday nights at the Green Frog in Scranton, which is now the wine cellar. Uh, we spent Wednesday nights playing there. It was ten to one. It was a great gig. We were the coolest, coolest kids on campus playing. Like <laughs> at least at we bar. thought. We thought so. Um, but we did like cool rock covers, and it was fun, like fun bar music. And we were just kind of decided. It was like later in the night. We had a good crowd, and uh, we were deciding what to play next. And Mike was like, "It's cool if I take one." And everybody's like, yeah, man, go for it. Because, you know, we're expecting a nice, happy, lighthearted song. And Mike plays softly. And everybody just kind of stopped. And we're like, dude, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you just brought the whole party. <laughs> like, everybody's having a great time. And now everybody's crying. <laughs> softly is a very introspective song. Yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's like the first real experience with, with heartbreak that I had. And it is really about, like, I, you know, for the first time, maybe feeling worthy of being loved. Um, which is, I think, a huge moment in, in any young person's life. Like that first feeling of, of being loved by another person, like like that you're somehow worthy of it. And, yeah, so that was big. Um, the next one, Laurelard, is actually, um, that's, uh, it's after a, named after a street in the Bronx, um, Laurelard Place. That was where we played with, um, with our band a, f- a couple times over the course of a, of a few years. And um, that was where I realized that I didn't want to be a, a rock a rock star. Like I didn't. I that was where my illusion and my conception of like the rock star life and the attraction of it just kind of dissolved. And you know, like we had a we had a ton of fun playing with band, like a, yeah, a few different definitely. bands in college. But I think that there was like those shows were. <laughs> it kind of planted that seed w- where it just like, I don't think that like it just yeah, didn't we kinda, sit right. We wanted more. Yeah. We, yeah, we did. We wanted something a little bit more. The Magis. Yeah, exactly. The Jesuit education. Yeah. Uh, but Laura, Mike actually set himself on fire. If you got, if yeah. you listen to that song. Yeah. Um, th- to anyone who's listening, like, yeah, don't like, I really strongly recommend like not using homemade pyrotechnics at a show. <laughs> Try to <laughs> let his guitar on fire. Got second degree burns. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth it. I had I had second degree burns on my hand. What was um, it? What were we looking at here? What were you dressed in? Oh yeah, he, it was like was the you know the ripped jeans and no like shirt. the long hair down down to my you know center of my back, <laughs> and uh, and just at the end of the show, I just had like rubbing alcohol and uh, wanted to light my guitar up and ended up. <laughs> Lighting like my guitar and like all of the ground <laughs> so in like a three foot. It was in the fall, so there were a bunch of dead leaves <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> and it was just caught fire. So and we're laughing about it, but it was like kind of traumatic. It was terrifying. At, it was kind of traumatic at because the time. And then and beer does put out fire. It does. It does. <laughs> Enough people pour their drinks. <laughs> <on. laughs> Um, yeah, little tidbit there that no one has uh, probably ever heard. No, which is great. No, no <laughs> yeah, I don't. I've never told that story just outside of like small circles. I tell a lot of people. I tell people. All the time. <laughs> I mean, how much alcohol are we talking about? Uh, it took a lot of beers to put it out to fire. Yeah. It took probably. <laughs> so the, the, there were there were some dudes with like I think I think there were a few like jugs moving around. Oh, they had mugs. Yeah, it was it was taken care of. Yeah. But anyway, I didn't mean to. No, no, no yeah, and and that was like the next morning. Basically, I woke up and. 
um, you know, I was like, I, man, I really don't know if I want to. I'm not that guy, I think. I don't think. Because, like, people were scared. And I was like, I don't want to, like, freak anybody out. I want to I want to give people a good experience. I want to. It was like the, you know, I was, I was pushing that shock value and realized, like, I don't want to be that guy. Hmm. Um, so that was, like, I, I think where the first time I had the feeling where, like, this might not be what I want to do. Back, back in your heavy metal days. Yeah, yeah. Metal. It was. I mean, we were, we weren't quite heavy metal. We were definitely had like the, the little bit of the rock and roll, um, but yeah. And then I mean, it, the band kept going for a couple of years after that. But I think that was kind of the beginning of my like the decay of that ideal for me, where I didn't really, I didn't have a hundred percent. Right. Well, this album's about hope, and you guys mm-hmm. mentioned that your generation doesn't have that that hope where it's not they don't have an analogy for that hope yeah well I, th- I think not not that we don't have hope but i think that cynicism and like nihilism is just a lot more popular now and mm-hmm. a lot of people a lot more people are like defaulting to that it's easier it's easier it is. to like yeah. kind of give up and not yeah but I, but i think it's also a product of like our history and like where we're what time we're coming of age and like i think technology plays a part uh, because at the same time like people are more connected and and more isolated than ever i think technology plays a part i think you know a lot of the um like religious scandal plays a part i think that um you know partisan politics is plays a part i think it's like we're coming up like we're coming of age in like a very not saying that we have it worse than anyone that came before us because every every i think every generation has their own challenges and their own opportunities but i think it's just like a really interesting time that we're starting to grow old in and I think that a lot of people default to, you know, everything's going to hell in a handbasket. Why would you care? And, you know, why would you try to, like, why would you put in the extra effort to align yourself to, like, an ideal beyond yourself or to, you know, uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, people are more self-aware and more um, conscious of, I mean, with that technology and with, the spread of ideas is so rapid that uh, you can kind of get bogged down. But there's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of a lot of things going on, and and to keep track of one um, or keep track of a few that you kind of aspire to is is really difficult. So people subscribe to one and decide like that's the only thing I care about, uh, or they don't describe, subscribe to anything at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that kind of can lead to some despair, some some hopelessness. Um, and we you know we're we kind of we understand that I, I think. We yeah, we get into absolutely. I mean if you there's some dark stuff on the album for sure. Um, Laurel but Art goes there, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it um there is it's a progression. It is a spiritual progression of kind of discovering that and deciding not to stay there because it's it's important to have been there I think and mm-hmm. to to dwell in it for a little while and understand it. Um, but then you get to Brigantine and you kind of move on. Yeah, so Brigantine is the the next one after uh, that's the the fifth track on the album and and that I think is kind of that's about the place Brigantine, New Jersey, where I've been going, I've been spending time there in the summer, like almost every, almost every year since I was a baby. Uh, my, my great grandpa built a house on that Island and it's still in the family and, um, still standing. So we've been going there for a long time and, and spent a lot of time alone there and just like taking like walks on the beach and, and I kind of, and a lot of times in my life, it's been like a good reset for me. And I wanted it to have the same function. I wanted that song to have the same function on the album where it's like you go to the darkest place 
where you can imagine and then you you know it's you're kind of at ground zero and then wh- how do i build how do i build a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning and and a and a sense of joy back from that place and and i think brigantine does that it's like brigantine i think is the, the idea of like going on retreat for a little bit and then you and then after we we come back with like love my enemy which i i think personally for me is like that's like our biggest statement on the album yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, you guys have a bit of direct spiritualism in here. If I look at some of the lyrics, right? Yeah. Uh, for those of you who may not have heard the other podcast we have with you guys back in May, I want to say, before your June show that you had with Chris LaRose. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great show. Yeah, the, you guys have a spiritualist background, right? Uh, Tim, is it correct theology? Yeah, I got my master's in, in the- Christian theology. And then, from Mike, you're a philosophy. Philosophy, yeah. I got right. my bachelor's in philosophy. So in songs like Evansburg or the skip back, the reprise side, you know, I will seek the healing of water or come with me to meet our maker, mm-hmm. come with me to, meet, to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. How is that seeping in here? Is it is it direct seep in? Is there, why don't you, how do you, yeah, how do you plan that, I guess? Honestly, I think it's it's been completely organic. Um, I, there was actually a long time where I would avoid. It feels organic. Yeah, yeah. There yeah. was a long time I think even bef- like before we I wrote these a lot of these songs where I would avoid letting that seep in because I didn't want to alienate people because I know everybody has their you know their prejudices and their preconceived notions and you know maybe some own personal baggage with. With different religions, are, with you, are you afraid that you might get labeled as being of a certain type of religion? Are you afraid that you no. might get set into a block? Because I don't feel that this album really alludes to a religious experience. I think it alludes to maybe a spiritual experience, but it's not dictating from a certain yeah. religious point well, of view. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and in a way, religious and spiritual, it's like you can't separate them. But in a way, in a, in a if you look at it in a different way. Um, yeah, we don't want to get bogged down in any kind of a dogma, and we don't want to, um, and and we're not afraid to, uh, at least, uh, I, I mean, I can speak for myself, I'm not afraid to break with tradition on that, um, because I have gotten, over like, over the course of my life, I have been really um, moved and shaped by a lot of different religious influences. So, I mean, grew up in the Catholic Church, family left the Catholic Church. Um, in college, I studied a lot of uh, Buddhism and Taoism, so a lot of Eastern mysticism and, and religion. Um, got back into like the uh, like uh, Rumi, Sufi mystic, uh, which is a sect of Islam. Um, came back to Christianity um, through uh, Thomas Merton, who is like I guess the closest thing to a Christian mystic that you could, unless you're well, uh, well go yeah, for he's it. One yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, he's one of, yeah, he's 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 a, a more modern, I guess. Yes, the most more modern, modern one for sure, like the most mm-hmm. modern, uh, you know, legitimate, like legitimate Christian. Yeah. I mean, there are, I'm sure, there are many mystics that yeah. we don't know about, but he's yeah. he's the guy. Yeah, I don't really, ha- I didn't really have a a purpose with it, um, but I I wanted to be honest, and that's you know, the um, that feeling, like the religious feeling or the spiritual feeling of. Um, there's something going on behind everyday life and there's something bigger that's maybe guiding my guiding my not my actions per se but 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 you know feeling like called to do something because I, I wouldn't describe what we're doing as anything less than feeling like we're being called yeah. um, and, I mean we have a 
we have a hell of a lot of fun doing it as well and we enjoy and you know that's a big that's a big motivator but um you know music has always been like the most spiritual thing for me mm. it's it's always been like um that's always been my best way of making sense of my life and also of feeling connected with other people because i think that that's what like you have to bring other people into it if if you're if you're talking about if you're talking about a religious experience, it, mm-hmm. it, it's so dependent on relationships. And, um, yeah, I kind of, yeah, I kind of, no, sure. and it's not like thoughts petered out there. That's, uh, it is organic and it's certainly not, uh, propagandistic at all. No. There's, it's not a, that's the last thing that I would want to do. Yeah. Right? It, it doesn't, it doesn't come through at all. And it hasn't, and that's, you know, it as really, much as, yeah, as much as I like Mike and want to hang out with him, I still <laughs> had to make a decision to join in on these songs. Um, and the way they deal with it, like I, I like them from an outside because I had to say yes to joining. And something I love about them is that they're not the ideas um, and the experiences are so organic and genuine. They're not trying to like it's not it's not a worship song. It's not a uh, you know, religious. Um, you're not describing dogma in order to convince people to do it. It's just the genuine experience that you had, and they align with a few ideas that are also happen to be religious, but yeah. they are you know, organic to you, which doesn't uh, delegitimize them in the eyes of a religious mindset, but it doesn't also kind of lock them into that, yeah. to that viewpoint. So that's I think, what I like and if you listen to Lorelar, that's like my, that was my, that was my biggest like challenge of religion and God that I've ever yeah. been, um, that I've ever dared to share with anybody. Um, and that was kind of like my own, like what we were talking about, like my own descent into, like, why does any of this even matter? Yeah. You know, why is, why should I, why should I care? Mm. Um, but then, you know, the, the good thing is, you know, I, I, we come out of that. Yeah. With the, the, the songs that come after, Absolutely. which is, you know, which is, I think that's what kind of completes the album is there's definitely a, there's a, you embark on a high note, you were, we're out on our own and there's a definitely, there's a distinct descent and then there is a return with like the new, I guess I don't want to say I don't want to go as far as saying wisdom because I I think we're way too young to be wise. But <laughs> <laughs> but there's a new uh, you you return to that hopefulness with a new perspective and having learned something, definitely a couple bruises, <laughs> yeah. scars. But yeah, I think we established the lyrical side of this album. It's a really good album. I enjoy it a lot. Thank I listened to it probably two really or three times over. One time just enjoying it. you know before i went in and and dove in but it's it's really well done and getting back to the composition of some of the songs tim the guitar work is phenomenal in this. thank you man where did that come from oh uh i started playing when i was nine um i got a guitar well no i was eight i got a guitar for my eighth birthday um no i got it for my ninth birthday but i started before anyway i've been playing for a very long time um and I took private lessons, and then I went to uh, Camden Catholic High School in Cherry Hill, where I played in the jazz band. And I, at the same time, was going to settlement music school in Philadelphia, so I just had a ton of music education um, from ages like 14 to 17 um, that were really, that I still use um, kind of extensively. I have, have kept my education going. I keep listening and, and learning new things on the guitar. Um, but for a while, I was playing, I played bass in the band that we were playing, and the reason being is that they kind of parted with their bass player and that's how I got in so Mike was in the band before um 
part, they parted with their bass player and he called me and was like, hey, do you want to play bass for a little while in this band? And we ended up playing for, for four years. So I had put, basically put the guitar down for a little while and went to bass. Um, and when the band was over, I rediscovered a lot of those things that I, you know, fell in love with back when I, you know, before I was in the band. Um, so that, that guitar work was uh, kind of my rediscovering of my passion for, for the six string guitar as opposed to just, you know, um, grooving on the bass or, or featuring in a couple of the, the songs that we played um, but it was it was a very joyful experience for me because I got to sit down and really play again and really um, play with a purpose and instead of just noodling around um, so the thing that I really enjoy most about the music on the album is not just how good the guitar is because it, it really does make the guitar make the album so much better um, but that it's it's characteristic mm-hmm. so it's not just like you w- listening through to the whole thing. You could tell that it's the same person playing those parts. And, you know, the, the hope is that Tim gets recognized for the way that he solos. And the, I, that, that's my hope. I don't think Tim cares, but, <laughs> I don't care. but, uh, um, no, get recognized right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Yeah. My hope, yeah. My hope is that people will, will hear that the way that he plays on that record and be like, that's, that's Tim. And then, and I, and I'm, I know that's going to carry into whatever we do next. How do you, how do you guys go about making a song? I mean, the way that we did it, it and it's changed. It's changed a lot over the past maybe few months. Um, the way that we did that album is those songs were already, those songs already existed and were kind of just floating in my head. And then um, knew that I wanted to make an album and got together with Tim and I think the we we just practiced them a lot and you know Tim really helped shape um he helped shape a lot of the the structure of them um because they were a little bit amorphous when um you know I, I just with an acoustic guitar and a voice um sometimes that's all you need and sometimes you want more and uh you know, like Love My Enemy changed a lot from the way that I wrote it. You know, Tim really made some tweaks on the rhythm and, and just the, the overall structure of the song where things come in. And um, so it was really like I brought kind of the lyrics and the skeleton to Tim. And then together we built it out a little bit just with two people. And then when we were in the studio, we're just bouncing ideas back and forth. And, and we, we were, you know, very lucky. We had the rare opportunity where we had... A, a lot of time because mm-hmm. um, we, were, we were recording with a friend and you know we were able to sort of expand and I think like you had a lot of ideas of what instrument what parts you wanted oh yeah and we made some changes mm-hmm. but a lot of it was pretty conscious yeah oh, for sure yeah. and it's um but now we, we're starting to write uh, consciously together yeah what really we're doing cool. now is like like Tim will just bring a riff to me and we'll start to build out the structure, and then I'll sit with it for a little while. Some lyrics will come. Mm-hmm. Tim will write some lyrics, and you know we'll we'll. So we yeah we've been writing together, and it's at the re- same time like it's, yeah, it's, yeah yeah with in the same room like with the same ideas running around in our heads, and it's really cool. It's a completely different experience yeah. for me. Um, we st- I mean we did that a couple times in college, but we didn't really like get it down to a science. And yeah, we, and now we're, we still haven't. But no, yeah, there's a lot to do. Yeah, there's a lot more to do. And yeah. we're we're working on the. Well, do you guys do you guys feel that there's a comfort level that allows you to collaborate much easier than say, you know, like two years ago or whatnot? Absolutely. Oh yeah, because I know now. I know that Tim is going to tell me that 
you know, if something I write is crap. Yeah. So that <laughs> that <laughs> makes me feel person. a lot better. <laughs> and that's that's huge, man. Because if there's to have another set of ears on on anything that we put out, or yeah. like that, anything that one of us brings to the table is just so it's so beneficial. Um, and that's part of the uh, what's great about what we're doing. We're, we're doing it together, so we're kind of coming at it from a couple different angles um which makes it it just makes it better than it could be if we were just going at it uh, alone or if if one of us had more say than the other if i was like in your band or if you know um you had some kind of command or complete creative control that there's two people i mean yeah. it, ca- it, it can get you know there's opportunity for some some conflict and some rubbing together but out of that comes something uh much better yeah um and I think, yeah, it's it's really become a true partnership, and I I am really confident that the next, whatever we do next, is a really going to to reflect that. Yeah, it's going to be very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are playing <laughs> down here on the seventeenth, which is Saturday for your yeah. album release. Mm-hmm. Are you guys going to have a full band, or just going to be you two? I mean, that's up to that's really up to you. But like, if if you're cool with a full band, we'll bring guys. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. cool. With full so band. we started working <laughs> with uh, um, a bass player and a, a drummer. Actually, a couple of days ago, a couple of nights ago, I had them over and we were jamming on the songs, and they really liked them. So we're gonna we're gonna see where that goes. Yeah, we're gonna, we're definitely gonna pursue it. Yeah, and see, yeah. just be, there's some big ideas in the album that I would like to get across at least for if for the album release show. I I, don't, I want it to be as close to what people are going to hear um, as possible, so that yeah, we, we wa- get the full idea yeah. out. I think we want to be comfortable being able to go and play a set on our acoustic guitars, just the two of us. Um, but we also want to have the the ability to let it rip mm-hmm. and have people available that <clears throat> we'll be able to play with. Like yeah. the Avett brothers are the Avett brothers, but they have such a great support network of of their yeah. musicians. Like mm-hmm. their band is phenomenal; they're so yeah. talented. And they they make the they make the Avett brothers better. So mm-hmm. you know we, we won't pass up an opportunity to make yeah. us better. Yeah, Avett brothers are one of at least my key influences with with music. So as much as <laughs> As alike to the Avery Brothers as we can be, the happier I am, just in general. <laughs> well, on the 17th, you guys will be down here playing, presumably with the full band, mm-hmm. and having uh, hand-printed and stamped CDs, correct? Yeah. yeah. So it was funny. Um, we actually didn't – we only very recently – it was only like recently that we knew that this album was actually That we were going to have an album, yeah. Um, so it was just taking a really long time. Well, last time I spoke to you guys, you guys were recording. You're in between sessions, right? Yeah. The yeah so that we was finished, in May. We finished tracking in May. Um, and then it just took forever to get it just took the a long time. So our producer, we, we recorded in Scranton um, at a place very close to the university through um, a guy that I met at Guitar Center. Uh, he's awesome dude. One of, I mean, a great friend, a great guy. Just had a lot going on in the summer. Um, a lot of like life changes that were happening. And our album kind of left his his attention, um, understandably. But it, it was just it took a long time for it to yeah. to get to us, so we were getting nervous. We were yeah, we were getting <laughs> pretty nervous. Um, and then with the time frame that we had when we finally like got the um, when we got the tracks, um, I was like, let's just make this thing ourselves. Like, let's just make the CDs ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I just got like cardboard sleeves, and I had stamps made with the <laughs> album art. And we just had a night where we had some brews 
and put put the album on on the speakers and we're just stamping away and tool we were also yeah, yeah we were also to tool. listening to tool <laughs> which was like really yeah it was really intense because we got it down to a science and it was like and we were just passing cd sleeves and just stamping away but it was a lot of fun like and 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 I'm happy because like each one is different. Yes, yeah. Some of them are less some are a little messed up, <laughs> but everyone is going to have a, uh, it's going to have a personal touch. We we will have touched each yeah, yeah each album, which is and everyone will be able to you know say that they have something like mm. a little unique, you yeah. know, which I'm happy about. So not everything's cut correctly. It's not well, all. No, the, the sleeves, <laughs> like, the it's not are all good, yeah, but there's <laughs> like depending on how hard you put like put it down, like some of the words don't come out all that great, and some. Get a little like yeah, faded. It's <laughs> it's great. I I oh, love no, it. It's, it's, got yeah. it's got character. <laughs> it's and, got character. You know, that's kind of that's a good metaphor for us because we're really not perfect, <laughs> but we have character. I hope. Yeah. Tim, Mike, thank you guys for coming on oh, the podcast. Dude, really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for pleasure. having us. Yeah, if you guys you guys have a song, yes. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to play one if that's cool with you. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Yes. This night I had a crazy dream. Not believe the scene. I saw my world at peace, and I felt that sweet release. I wanna take you with me when I fall asleep. Then you could understand.
Just a reminder: the show is November seventeenth, a Saturday, That's five cool. bucks. I think it's yeah, I think it's yeah. Thanks again, guys, for coming on. Yeah, thank wanna, you. Where can people find you? Oh yeah, great question. Um, we've got a website, labellapoolmusic dot com. Um, we're on uh, YouTube, Instagram uh, at labellapoolmusic. Um, we'll be posting. We'll be you know updating everybody on on the album and. Um, Definitely going to be posting some videos soon. People can currently find Love My Enemy out there, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a video on uh, on YouTube. We're going to put yeah. some updated content. That's that's uh, that was like pretty soon after we put that song together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah people will find some updated content too very soon. Okay, great. Absolutely. And I'll leave everyone with the one of my favorite lyrics of the the whole album is on Love My Enemy, and uh, don't need a reason to be kind. I think that's a message we need to get out there because. Like you guys said, we have a lack of hope. Got to build it back again. Thanks, Thanks so much for coming back on, guys. Looking forward to the show. Thank you. I want to thank Mike and Tim again for coming on the show. It's great to have them down here. Great to chat with those guys. They, they put together... Great music. It's fun to listen to them live. I really, really like this new album, Skip Back. Tim adds something to it that it's just can't be measured. And with Mike's philosophy and, and his deep leanings in it, you connect really easily to the album. It's an album for everyone. It's also an album that I think is going to have you hooked. So definitely check out that album. You know what else will have you hooked? Rocco, you know what else will have you hooked? Rocco, the sound guy back there. Area Math. This is a beer we just made. It's a spiced Belgian ale. I like beer. I like talking about beer. I like drinking beer, obviously. Everyone likes beer, right? That's why you're listening to us right now. You probably like beer, too. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know you, but maybe I'm guessing. I'm guessing, guys. Give me this, all right? So, area math. It's, it's got this amber, kind of frothy white head. It's a, it's a, it's, I wouldn't say it's clear, clear. It's clear. It's not the clearest beer out there. But you know what? It more than makes up for it in flavor. So it may not be too pretty, but man, it tastes great. You got this this cherry grapefruit, like a melon popsicle. You know those old school melons that you had, the melon popsicle things you had to eat when you were a kid. Yeah, and it kind of has that flavor. It's, it's got like, I, I don't want to say like a grape, but it's just got this weird melon type character in there, and it's really really good. Um, it's got balancing bitterness, so the bitterness doesn't overwhelm everything. It even has hints of a little creamsicle when you're drinking it. This is a, a spiced Belgian ale that's on draft right now. We're going to have it in cans probably in the next, probably until about mid-November. So check it out. You want to learn more about Round Guys Brewery, check out our website, roundguysbrewery.com, or see this show on Facebook, facebook.com slash the original slacker, facebook.com slash roundguys. Check out more about the underground through facebook.com slash RGBC underground, or you can go to underground that round guys brewery.com got a ton of great shows coming up november is a powerhouse of shows we have everything down here we got movie night we got two drag nights we got oh man we have uh singer songwriter nights we have game nights we it's it's gonna be a really really fun november check it out oh we also have the last waltz beer release is going to be set to an afternoon watching last waltz down here so you can order up your 
your beer and you can actually sit down hang out with your closest friends on black friday and hang out down here tread a storm there's just a lot of good stuff coming in so really appreciate you guys hanging with me and looking forward to hearing from you guys you guys have any suggestions thoughts ideas send it out to me bill at roundguysbrewery.com